Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And we have actually a fairly lighthearted show today, I think. It's true. Comparatively, nothing yeah. that I don't think is going to make your blood pressure spike too much. Uh, but just a quick thank you to everyone who's watching or listening first off. But if you are tuning in live, um, just so you know, we will be going through your super chats after the main part of the show has ended. So about an hour into the stream. So if you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, just hang tight. We will be getting to them. But today we are going to be talking about coronavirus. Apparently it's racist or, you know, people talking about coronavirus are doing so in a racist way. Yes. It's complicated. Mm. Uh, then what is a woman in 2020? An even more complicated complicated question. Who knows anymore? Uh, then Bernie Sanders. Apparently he has a, a black people problem or black people have a problem with him. Not sure there. And finally, we're going to finish off the show with open marriages. Apparently that's the new thing that the media wants us to do. Uh, but before we get into that, quick thank you to our sponsor, Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system, and it's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNN Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home, and entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It just takes 30 minutes or an hour, depending tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Save the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash Lauren today. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash Lauren, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure be sure to visit simplysafe.com slash Lauren. That's simplysafe.com slash Lauren. So the Kung flu, mm-hmm. as some are calling it. Uh, coronavirus is still going strong. People have been asking us to do videos about it I for know. months. Well, people just randomly ask Lauren about the coronavirus all the time. It's weird. Like even in, in our like everyday lives, people would be like, so that coronavirus. And I'm like, is you it? You know anything about the coronavirus, Lauren? Yeah. How, how's so. the, like ask me like, how, what's, what's up with that? I'm like, is it, is it because I cover what's news? Going on? Yeah. yeah. Is it because I'm Asian? It's gone to the point where it's like an inside joke among us now. Where he'll just ask me, so how's the coronavirus? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of other commentators who do news are covering it, but yeah. I feel like I don't know anything about like. We're not, we're not like epidemiologists. No, we're not not medical doctors of any, of any type. So we're not, we're not, this segment is not about giving anybody advice. Yeah. Although I will say, as some of you will know, I got very sick last December. Uh, I talked about it in my, was it men and masculinity video that I think it was late December, early January that came out. And in my carnivore diet video, I just did, I mentioned getting very sick. I cannot confirm this, but it is my suspicion that I did have coronavirus because it's my brother who had come from Boston for the holidays that got me sick. And I know I might be thinking, but at that time there were no confirmed cases. Just because they weren't testing for them, that doesn't mean it wasn't there. He's laughing at me. But she didn't have coronavirus. No, but you don't know that for sure. This was the sickest I had ever been. There's a lot of things that you can't say with 100% probability. But let's be honest, it was probably the seasonal flu. Way more possible that it was a seasonal flu. You can't know that. It's yeah. I've never been that. That was. I can more know that sick. it was more probable. Yeah, that, trust I, me. The seasonal flu is devastating. It's I don't not. Know. Like I've it, gotten like, this. I get the seasonal flu every season. It's never that bad. I remember when I was growing up, we had this one March break where the whole family got the flu, and it was like, hell, got, hell has to be better than this. Yeah. You know. Long story short, I'm pretty sure I had coronavirus, but we move on. Um, it People are panicking right now, and it's, I mean, it's not a death sentence, but if you are in a vulnerable group, especially the elderly or someone with autoimmune issues, yeah. like me, okay, it, it can be fatal, or at the very least, uh, debilitating. So everyone's kind of in lockdown mode. Uh, we've had events canceled, actually, just recently. It's true, yeah. We were supposed to go to the D.C. at the end of the month. That's been called off. Uh, another event in June in New York is... I'm not sure. The delaying movie openings, you were telling me, right? Yeah, James Bond's been delayed for it. Um, Although I want to mention one thing that has not been canceled or delayed um, is the Better Discourse event that we're going to be at in Milwaukee. It's in July, same weekend as the DNC convention. Uh, You can get tickets at betterdiscourseevent.com. Just wanted to put that out there because people are asking questions. The event organizers did release a statement today saying still on. Um, You know, they'll update everyone if anything changes, but for now... 
still the plan to go. Um, so among all of the panic and the stockpiling of toilet paper, uh, we now have allegations of racism just flying around. Mm. Um, people, I've seen videos, I didn't want to include any because it's just no platform is going <laughs> to like you posting footage of people getting beaten. And it's just, it's kind of voyeuristic, I think. Um, there have been Asian people that have just been beaten for being Asian, which you, is... Uh, you got to be incredulous as to like what kind of human being actually enacts violence because of the coronavirus upon, yeah. upon Asian. Like, it's like, dude, you are a troglite. Not, not like, only, yeah, and not only are you a bad person, but you're also a stupid person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, you are like something, you are from the Neolithic era, my friend. Like, yeah, like if, you, if you're worried about getting coronavirus, how is your first response? Let me beat this person and make sure that I have the highest possibility of getting their like bodily fluids all over me and are, are in close contact. It just, it makes no sense. Obviously that's racist, that's terrible. Don't do that. Yeah, you're just a bad person. I hope they, they find the people. The thing is they, people are beyond advice. It's just like yeah. we need to just relocate them to like their natural habitat of a cave. <laughs> all right. And just yeah. let them be. Let them be in nature. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone would condone that. Definitely not on this show. But some of the other things uh, people have been calling racist just don't don't seem to be that racist. Uh, we had Ilan Omar, of course, coming in with a hot take, as she so often does. Um, so Kevin McCarthy... He posted, everything you need to know about the Chinese coronavirus can be found on one regularly updated website, coronavirus.gov. Okay, reasonable tweet, public service announcement. I, I, I would imagine most people had no problems with that, except Ilan Omar, who clapped back, viruses don't have nationalities, this is racist. Um, so I am of Chinese descent and actually nationality, right? I, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I feel, and I've, I've lived in mainland China and Shanghai, I feel like under today's, I don't know, mentality that you have to be part of a group to determine what's racist against it, I feel like I can talk about this issue. This is not racist. That's not racist at all. No. Um, even by today's hypersensitive standard, it's not racist. Uh, viruses or illnesses are very often named after the place they're from or they, they first start. Uh, Liz Wheeler, she responded to Ilan Omar saying Ebola, Zika, West Nile virus, Lyme disease, German measles, Hong Kong flu, Spanish flu, to name a few diseases named after the location of origin. Stop pretending to be outraged when there's nothing to be outraged about. Uh, yeah, it's just very, very straightforward. Don't make this into a thing. And at first, I thought that it was just Elon Omar being extra sensitive or whiny, but this has actually snowballed into a thing where now people are are saying that anyone who calls this Wuhan virus or Chinese coronavirus, because there's actually like coronavirus is a type of virus. There's several iterations yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we call this virus the coronavirus. We're talking about one the, specific the COVID-19 strain. virus, of yeah, course, right? Which is the Wuhan virus or yes, the Chinese yeah. one. Um, but it wasn't just Elon Omar. We also have Kamala Harris coming in saying, calling it the Chinese coronavirus isn't just racist. It's dangerous and incites discrimination against Asian Americans and Asian immigrants. GOP leader, so Kevin McCarthy, delete this tweet now it's beneath the office of a member of congress let alone a party leader so she's coming out very very strongly um this is actually dangerous to call it how how dare you putting people's lives at risk small problem though as as some people pointed out um mm. the mainstream media has been calling it the wuhan virus or chinese coronavirus for months uh and no one seemed to think it was racist in december or november we actually some some brave uh, online citizen actually made a clip of all of the times or at least some of the times the media has called it the wuhan virus or chinese coronavirus and it's it's a delicious display of hypocrisy we have a small clip of that here at least six people have died from the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus has now surpassed the 2003 SARS outbreak and the number of lives it's claimed. They're under quarantine out of concern that passengers and crew were exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus. And this breaking news just into CNN, the official death toll from the Wuhan coronavirus in China's Hubei province has now risen to 780. Having to deal with it, the total number of deaths from the Wuhan coronavirus, it's now surpassed the SARS outbreak from 2002, 2003. In a matter of days, Dr. Li Wenliang went from treating patients to becoming one. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. Good to have you with us. So we start with the Wuhan coronavirus spreading across China. Wuhan a coronavirus have now been confirmed in all Chinese regions. 
So we, we kind of refrain from talking about coronavirus because, again, we don't know anything about yeah, public exactly. health initiatives. But I feel like on this, we can weigh in. This seems like people just taking like uh, a political opportunity to try and paint the GOP as racist. It's This was never a thing before. And actually, we have another example of delicious, delicious hypocrisy. Eugene Gu is one of those verified Twitter accounts who's always, anytime Trump tweets, he's one of the first responses is something snarky and he has quite a large following. Uh, actually, Trump derangement aside, though, he has some good takes when it's not about Trump. Like, I mean, um, men's domestic violence, Amber Heard. I, I would actually recommend following him to get a balanced perspective. But this was so amazingly hypocritical. So um, he said, we have an image of this in response to Paul Gosser, who's a Republican congressman. He said, um, I think he had just called it, what was that? The Wuhan virus. So Eugene Gu, TDS extraordinaire. Um, he said, most people call it the coronavirus. Some call it COVID-19. But only the most ignorant and racist among us would call it the Wuhan virus. This was tweeted on March 8th, 2020. However, <laughs> just a few months earlier in January... We have an, a tweet by him saying in the month and a half since the Wuhan coronavirus emerged as a new disease, it has killed 41 people so far. So it's like you can say, hey, maybe we should stop saying that now because it's gotten to the point where people are being a little bit racist. And we, we want to try to, yeah. um, you know, not break, encourage yeah, that. not encourage that. But saying, oh, anyone who calls it is just racist and ignorant. No, that's not true. It's, it's of course, not true. Um, and I mean, I get that the people doing the violence are stupid, but just because you stopped calling it the Wuhan coronavirus, they're not going to forget where it's from. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're dumb, but they're not that dumb, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're not like, they don't have amnesia where they would forget <laughs> that just a few weeks ago, everyone was calling it this. And then, of course, because we have these oversensitive people trying to stir up a racial resentment because this is the internet, other people have then kind of started uh, purposefully doing things like calling it the Wu flu or the Kung flu. I like that one. I like Kung flu better. Yeah. I think that is the superior thing. And for anyone who's saying, oh, how dare these people make light of a, an illness that is killing all of these people, no one is making fun of the fact that the coronavirus is serious and people are dying from it. Yeah. And, you know, countless more are falling ill to it. What they're making fun of are these oversensitive, um, self-serving people who are trying to make up dog whistles just to make their political opponents look bad. Like, that's what pe that that's the butt of the joke. Not Chinese people, not the coronavirus, mm. if you ask me. One good thing that I think that has come out of this, though, is the Chinese government is looking at how they they deal with wet markets there because from what I understand, that's just like a breeding ground for these viruses. Yeah. Well, as someone who grew up around wet markets in Hong Kong, I'm like, that's where my family shops. There's not a lot of refrigeration going on with the meats or the Animals fish. Animals just on top of each other. Everywhere. Yeah. Like they'll just like a pig carcass bleeding on the floor. Like I remember when I was a kid, like they would have chicken wings just like in a kind of like in a bucket and like no one uses gloves and they just like take what chicken wings you want and put it in a bag and like it's not nothing's refrigerated yeah. in the wet markets um but what's interesting is that so i was just traveling by the way i've been gone for over a week every all the content you've been watching has been pre-recorded um i i'm used to i've traveled i've lived in asia for i think most of my life at this point and when there's anything like sars or like h1n1 what they do is they'll have people with like temp taking your temperature as you go through customs, right? Or they'll have cameras that are like infrared and that can monitor people's temperatures. And if you're hot, they'll pull you aside. I didn't go through anything like that at the LAX, at LAX, at the DC airport or at Montreal's airport or in New York. It was just kind of, I expected because I'm kind of traveling while this is, people are really scared of it. I thought there would be all these precautions. No, they pretty much just asked, have you been to China recently? And mm. that was it. And then the guy who asked me that later saw my passport and recognized a Chinese name and that it was very awkward and he felt the need to clarify that he has to ask everyone that. Um, but yeah, AOC, an amazing gift to the internet, perhaps not to the American country, but it, it's funny. Um, yeah. She has a theory about racism encouraging people to not visit Chinese restaurants now. We also have a clip of that. Honestly, it sounds almost so silly to say, but... There's a lot of restaurants that are feeling the pain of racism, uh, where people are literally not patroning Chinese restaurants. Um, they're not patroning Asian restaurants because of just straight up racism around the coronavirus. 
first off, I think it's smart right now to avoid any restaurant if you can, right? Like not, you don't know what kind of conditions it's being cooked in or even the delivery person well, I think or, or going out in general. My, my understanding, this is why I don't, I don't even want to talk about this too much, but my understanding is that if you're someone that is at risk, if you're elderly, have immuno problems, anything like that, you probably just want to stay from large public spaces. Mm. You know, that's that's pretty much it. So a restaurant would be part of that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I, I've, I've seen people try to advocate for, what is it, social seclusion? What's yeah, actually. Like and as someone who works from home and is an introvert, that's perfect. Like, that's my life all the time. Yeah. But I still get sick all the time. So it's like, why isn't this helping? Um, but no, it's. I think it's smart to avoid any restaurant. And also, I mean, even my father, who is Chinese, Chinese accent and all, he even told me when I was going to LA, be careful. There's a lot of Chinese people there. And it just, it makes sense. It, like, wait, wait, no, he was blaming, no, he was blaming other people too. Also the Iranians. The Iranians, because yes, there's, the Iranians. They, they have the Iranians are worse now. now, he says. But, because, but yes. I mean, it just makes sense if, if there's like people, especially like Chinatowns, it's not just that they're Chinese people. There's a lot of traffic in and out. Um, of people going and returning home, it makes sense if someone's been traveling a lot for you to yeah. say, I don't know if this is the best place for me. That's why a lot of for people sure. are canceling flights. And apparently, like, yeah, while food is important and not touching your face and stuff, they keep saying. I love touching my face. I've learned Everybody recently. Everybody does, I guess. It's, but, but I'm like all up in there. The main way this thing spreads is airborne. So um, what you're saying is we just we're just going to get coronavirus. Is, what you're saying is just plant them on your face you're good you know yeah. it doesn't matter at this point <laughs> yeah um so anyway if you're watching this i hope i hope you stay safe and i, I do yeah. think that um things will hopefully start to calm down i've, I've seen that in i think china and, and south korea their new numbers of reported cases have started to calm down yeah i think i think the bigger problem is not i mean obviously it's this can be a very bad flu as as bad as i think they're estimating 10 times worse than a bad flu season but it's not world ending. I think the the economic ramifications of this very, are are, yeah. are potentially larger. So as we are personally seeing, like I said, we have yeah, they're canceling things everywhere. So yeah, yeah it's uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what the right answer is for that. Like, because this could be drawn out for a long period of time. Apparently. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, do you, do we actually should we start canceling everything for months now, or or should we just say because yeah, then it's people's sick? yeah people's livelihood, livelihoods too. Uh, but before we continue, uh, I have a message from Laurel Springs, and then we're going to be talking about what is a woman. As parents, we want to encourage children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. And sometimes that means optimizing their routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic, so they have more time to focus on the things that they love. And that's why Laurel Springs puts parents and students back in control of their own education and gives them the flexibility they need to succeed. Not to mention, we do a lot of segments on this show talking about how shocking the education system can be sometimes and how you just don't know anymore what your child might be learning in the classroom. So Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. They recognize that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, unique learning style. Their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses. And Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. So register your child at laurelsprings.com slash Lauren today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash Lauren for your waived registration fee. Again, laurelsprings.com slash Lauren. And, you know, I, I love Laurel Springs as... As a company, I think it's just such a perfect fit for the show and the Absolutely. things we talk about, like yeah. homeschooling. Well, we're going to be, we are going to be homeschooling our kids. Oh, definitely. for sure. And it's great with Laurel Springs that you just you just got to stay one one lesson ahead of your kid, and you're good. You don't have to worry about not being a teacher yourself. Um, so, what is a woman? Mm. I'm actually asking you, what is a woman? What is a woman? Do I go with the the hateful definition now yeah. of the yeah. adult human female? Yeah. So, so, I mean, it should be an easy thing to answer but yeah. uh we're finding that as modern gender theory is increasingly i guess relativist uh and relies almost entirely on self-identification at this point it seems like the only answer that won't make people angry is that a woman is someone who identifies as a woman <laughs> which yep. is problematic of course because you can't have the word you're trying to define in the definition Right, doesn't doesn't work like that. And uh, Daily Wire's Matt Walsh highlights this all the time. Yeah, um, you know this is getting increasingly ridiculous because these social justice activists still like to wax poetic about how like oppressed women are, women are special, all this. But yet the 
the umbrella of who can fit under a woman is increasingly large, if not all-encompassing at this point. Um, recently, the dictionary, strangely enough, I think it's Oxford Dictionary, um, has come under fire for not being inclusive enough in their definition, and there's actually a petition to change this. Uh, we have... This article from Pink News, more than 30,000 people have signed a petition calling on the Oxford Dictionary to change its sexist definition of woman. According to the change.org petition, the Oxford Dictionary offers a series of synonyms for women, including uh, the B word, besom, I don't even know what that is, peace, bit, mare, baggage, wench, petticoat, frail, bird, bitty, and filly. Okay, I understand... People yeah. not liking that. That's I get fair. That. That's like, why is that in the dictionary? Yeah, like woman, synonym, biatch. Like, what is that? Is that a synonym? Okay, I get it. Like, it's like, what kind of bro wrote this dictionary? <laughs> yeah. Bird? Like, that's what Australians call it. Yeah, yeah, wench? Like, yeah. How is wench a synonym for woman? And I believe it. I've, if, like, man would probably be different. Yeah. Uh, so, that, you that's know what? Fair. Those synonyms, I'm like, okay, that's, you know. We can change those. Yeah, you can you can complain about that. But, yeah. Maria Beatrice Giovanardi, who started the petition, told Pink News that she had been astonished to realize that the definition of woman in the Oxford Dictionary uses derogatory synonyms and misogynistic examples that perpetuate negative stereotypes about women. By contrast, for the word man, the examples of synonyms are exemplary, demonstrating intellect and social status. The petition is calling on OUP to get rid of all phrases and definitions that discriminate against or patronize women, enlarge the dictionary's entry for women, and include examples representative of minorities, for example, a transgender woman, a lesbian woman. Giovanardi said that until she started researching the campaign, she was unaware that the dictionary definition of woman is used as a slogan by anti-trans campaigners. And this is where things get complicated. Women equals adult human female was a slogan begun by Posey Parker, a gender critical activist. It has since been seen on t-shirts, placards, and flags, and adult human female is often included in the social media bios of those with gender critical, anti-trans, or transphobic views. Okay, so... Gender critical is what the feminists who, I guess, don't buy into the whole self-ID is the end-all be-all definition of gender. So someone like Megan Murphy would be a gender critical feminist. Um, the intersectional feminists call them TERFs or trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Yeah. Um, so apparently believing that woman means adult human female, that's enough to be anti-trans now. So the article continues, we do not support anti-trans campaigners, nor do we have any affiliation with reactionary or aggressive anti-trans voices, Giovanardi said. The campaign to change the dictionary's sexist definition is not only calling for the removal of derogatory terms and synonyms for women, but also for the inclusion of LGBTQ terms to describe women, i.e. trans women, lesbian women, etc. Okay, so whenever people complain about something, which you have the right to do, I complain about this, what the show is. In a way, me complaining about things. So definitely yeah. on board with that. Fair. But I think it's also useful to know if you are criticizing something, what your solution is, right? Because it's it's easy to just complain about things, as I know. But it's it's more constructive when you can say, hey, let's do this instead. Because yeah. then you're trying to make things better. I looked at the chain.org petition. I read all of it. Nowhere do they explain what the dic the dictionary definition of woman should be. It's ethereal now. No, it's like yeah, it's it's just it, it it's it's not of this I don't know dimension. They I, they don't know either, and that's the thing. Like you you're unhappy with what yeah. they are saying, but what is the actual definition you would prefer? And people ask it all the time on Twitter. Yeah. Matt Walsh, they never have an answer. What is a woman? Well, we can agree on the first part where the synonym stuff was like, okay, Fair that enough. was a little bit yeah. much. I mean, I did feel like when Lauren was telling me to wash my beer intake on St. Patrick's Day, that wench was a perfect synonym for no, women. No, like... <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, most of them on a regular basis, it's fine. Um, but as for the other stuff, this is the classic progressive move, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, we've identified, you know what, sometimes a legitimate grievance. Yeah, I, that's I'll fine. I'll give them that. But then they're like, now... Now let's insert this other propaganda that we've developed. Because, into like, here. yeah, in addition to I don't like the synonyms, let's also just deconstruct womanhood entirely. Yeah. It's like what? Like that's let's back up a little bit. Um, because I mean, this isn't just activists complaining online, which sometimes it is. But when it comes to the whole "what is a woman" issue, there are policy implications. There are actual legal implications, right? Yes, for sure. I mean. I actually consider myself somewhat of a sex segregationist. Like I, I believe that men and women are different and that sometimes it is for the best 
that they are treated differently, right? And I'm talking about yeah. things like in in schools, right? Or sports, bathrooms, prisons. I, I believe that sometimes and, it is necessary to make that definition of who is a male and who is female. Yeah, and I, I would take that even further where, you know, I have no problem with male-only golf courses and female-only gyms. Me neither, yeah. Like all of those are fine, in my opinion, if yeah. there's a market for them. You I've, know? I've never seen a male-only space especially something like a, a golf club and thought I need to get in there. I want to be in there. Never. And I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think there is something to be said about, um, you know, men having their own spaces and being able to bro out or girls having right. their own space. And I think that's great. I know sometimes like, you know, with you and your friends, like, I don't want to go to that. Like you can have your time. Unless we're and I'm playing sure. certain board games that I'm like. So, okay. Like, what happened one time is that he <laughs> asked if I had a board game and I said yes. And he was like, oh, great. We're going to play it. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I, I really love this game. I can't wait. And he said, no, no. Me and my friends are going to play it. So he wanted to borrow my game and yes. then not invite me to play. So that's a little bit different. I'm still, a little, a, bit, time, I'm still a little bit salty about that. But yeah, I, I, and I think it's fair to say that. There is, you know, somewhat of a conversation to be had over like, okay, what does someone like Blair White do, right? Would it be more disruptive for Blair White to use the men's bathroom? Because then it's kind of like men are like, oh, what's yeah. what's happening? Well, there's a great, like, yeah, there are great areas, but they're very they're fringe cases. Yeah. And you can't use fringe cases to define the rule, which the left is loving to do, to do all the time. That's why they say that like things that there's only- Like late-term abortions, yeah. Late-term abortions. It's all these things where they look at fringe cases and they try to make a rule out of them instead. Mm -hmm. Instead of making- making exceptions for fringe cases, which is the simplest and easiest thing to do. Exactly. Right. And I think it would be a lot of the people that they call trans exclusionary or transphobic. I don't think they even are like a lot of the pieces that I read of people who get called TERFs. They're not trying to delegitimize trans women. They're not trying to bully them a lot of the time. They're just saying, let's not completely get rid of the concept of gender. Yeah. Right. Because I think there's a difference between saying we can make exceptions for certain trans women versus anyone can call themselves whatever they want and gain access to woman only spaces. And there's nothing we can do about that, which is the mentality that some people have. And frankly, um, it is scary. And what we're seeing is that when people try to push back on this this idea and say, hang on, I don't know if I'm comfortable with someone like Jessica Yaniv being able to come into the locker room and things like that. Um, right. They end up getting called TERFs. And we saw, we saw this recently when The Guardian, which is not a conservative or right-wing publication by any mean, uh, they came under fire for being transphobic. Uh, another pink news article. And I think another petition. Here we go. Hundreds of feminists write to The Guardian rejecting argument that trans rights threaten women. No one is saying trans rights threaten women, right? I mean, they're trying to paint it as you're trying to take away trans rights, whereas the women who are actually saying these things are just like, no, I just don't want who, whatever man wants to call himself a woman someday to be able to go wherever he wants. Mm -hmm. um, more than 200 feminists have written to British newspaper The Guardian rejecting the argument that transgender rights are a threat to women. <laughs> Biggest drama ever. The letter was organized in response to Monday's column by The Guardian writer Susan Moore. Women must have the right to organize. We will not be silenced. A handful of Guardian staffers are among the letter's signatories, the list of which is published below. Nim Ralph, a community activist who signed the pro-trans letter, said, The Guardian keep giving space to these thought pieces, amplifying a small subsection of the feminist movement who want to pit trans people against cis women as an outside other subhuman category. Yeah, so you either accept anyone can go wherever they want or you think they're an outside other subhuman category. The left is just so proficient at weaponizing language. Yeah. I, I have to give them that credit, right? Like like just they go up with things like transphobic. Like yeah. it goes away from racism and they're really trying to You call you you use the word or the phrase Chinese coronavirus and you're endangering immigrants. Yeah. It's dangerous. Right. You're doing yeah. you're, you're doing violence. They're actually Ooh. redefining words in dictionaries, right? And then yeah. they use this new definition as if it's empirical fact. It's, it's uh, insane. Yeah, they're crafty. It needs to do better. It needs to recognize, as Susan Moore pointed out, that trans people, women, men, and non-binary folks are in the same fight for our lives with cis women against gender-based violence and the patriarchal construct that our bodies, reproductive functions, are what determines our social position. Moore's column does not represent the views of the public, nor is it representative of the views of most women, the letter says. See, that's what I would disagree with. I think these people who believe that... Um, you know, some 300 pound dude can decide someday, you know what, I think I want to call myself a she and then later go back to calling myself a he because that's gender fluid and that's a right. thing. Um, I, I think most women, most people would actually disagree with that. 
And I would say that most people who call themselves feminists just casually would probably also still disagree with that. It's only the most, I guess, radical feminists or progressives who have gotten on board with this. And I think they need to wake up and realize that they are the fringe crazy people. Good luck with that. (laughs) And what's... What I've noticed in this whole conversation is that they they don't seem to know themselves what role biology and physiology should play in this. Because when it comes to the whole bathroom thing, they've made it very clear that self-identification is what's up. That a trans woman or non-binary, whatever, they don't need to be actually transitioning to be considered right. completely they valid could, as a woman. They could have a female penis, you know, Yeah, it's, it's they could totally be male natural. presenting trans woman and you're yeah. still a trans woman because gender expression is not the same as gender identity. So they're very much, they're saying, no, it's not about biology. It's about identification, how you feel. However, if you've noticed when it comes to trans kids, the first thing they want to do is address biology and pump them up full of hormones, which is a double standard because it's like, hang on, you know, if this like giant weightlifting dude is fine with all of his, you know, not doing anything to try to become more female biologically, why does this, I don't know, 12 year old kid all of a sudden fall to biological determinism. It doesn't make sense. So we have this post. There's this growing trend of people who are detransitioning or who regret transitioning coming forward. Um, This person says, she started on puberty blockers at 16, then had cross-sex hormones for four years, underwent double mastectomy to have breasts removed. She now regrets it all and is suing the organization that cheered her on to transition. Many lives are being destroyed in this make-believe world. And we have this, I think it's an upsetting clip of this biological female who started transitioning to be a man just regretting it and she's been failed by the adults in her life we have that i think it's up to these you know institutions like the tavistock to step in and make children reconsider what they're saying um because it is you know a life-altering path that you're going down and um it's it's not guaranteed to work I feel angry that, you know, no one was there to really um, say any different and I was allowed to run with this idea that I had or, you know, almost like a fantasy as a teenager. I was allowed to to run with that and um, it has affected me in the long run. I understand that people want to be sympathetic and welcoming and accepting toward trans people, but that doesn't mean completely abolishing any idea of gender. And I think some people have just gone too far. I need to rein things in a little bit a simple question like what is a woman should not be the source of all of this controversy no um now coming up we have bernie's black people problem or black people's bernie problem I'm not sure which, we'll we'll discuss this. Uh, First though, I want to tell you guys about Brickhouse with all the talk about coronavirus. People have stopped talking about the regular flu, which has still killed 16,000 and hospitalized over a quarter million in the US and the season isn't even over. One of the best ways to avoid getting sick is a healthy immune system, which is why you should fortify your body every day with Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which boosts energy and supports a healthy immune system. Doctors agree a diet of fruits and vegetables can reduce your risk of heart disease, plus Field of Field of Greens is prebiotic, probiotic, and a great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir, and you are done. And they also have a wild berry flavor that is super good. So right now, save 15% on your first order with the offer code Lauren at BrickHouseLauren.com. That's BrickHouseLauren.com. Subscribe today and save an extra 10% every month. This virus season, turn your immune system into a brick house with Field of Greens. BrickHouseLauren.com. Again, that's BrickHouseLauren.com. So... Our next story brings us to the ongoing Democratic primary race. Very exciting stuff. We're down to just two contenders. Technically, Tulsi is still there, but uh, two contenders, right? Bernie or Biden is where it's at. Um, So Biden, he recently won primaries in Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, and Idaho on Tuesday. Uh, But hey, Bernie did win North Dakota's caucus. So there's that. Uh, And Bernie did come out in a statement today saying he's not dropping out yet, despite how many people in the Democratic Party and it seems like the mainstream media do want him to just kind of go away. Mm. Um, So it's looking like Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. And one of the more, I think, fascinating products of all these warring factions existing within the Democratic Party has been for a while now, since at least 2016, the whole Bernie supporters versus establishment or more moderate Democrats, right? They yeah. don't like each other. Yeah. Uh, Bernie is a polarizing figure. And it's, I mean, it's not surprising to me because he is technically not a Democrat. 
right? He's he's an independent. He's only kind of running as a Democrat for the president's yeah, election, yeah. but as a senator, he's not a Democrat. And if no. you look at his policies, they don't align with the Democrats. And, and part of me sympathizes with some of these voters, to be honest, because they're a large part of them are anti-establishment, mm-hmm. right? And I totally get that. I think the DNC is very evidently corrupt. Yeah. I don't think that Bernie is losing by, by this time by because of corruption, mm-hmm. whereas last election cycle, it was, it was yeah. pretty Clearly, evident. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I, I sympathize with them in the sense that they're anti-establishment. Now, the conclusions that they and draw- And they're populists. I agree with that. But they're populists. But, but once the, you see them going around, I mean, when we saw that, that viral video pop up of that- uh, Project Veritas? No, the OK Boomer girl recently. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, you guys are all simps. Every yeah. last one of you. Like, you know, uh, I'm sorry. But I don't. I don't get the whole TikTok dancing girl thing. I don't know. I think maybe I'm listen, too old. It's like it just a appeals Z to like thing. a very ancient part of the male brain. I don't know why, but yeah. I mean, she's cute. I watched it a couple times too, but then I was like, all right, I don't want to cancel her because she has a boyfriend. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Um. But what I think is interesting about Bernie supporters is that a lot of them are actually refusing to like vote blue no matter who. They've done polls where they ask, you know, Bernie supporters. They asked Yang supporters or Biden supporters. Would you commit to voting for the Democratic nominee no matter who it is? And a shockingly high amount of Bernie supporters were like, no. So a lot of people are Bernie or bust who support Bernie. And I think that's another reason why the DNC or mainstream establishment Democrats don't like them. It's because they want that commitment. Um, So what we're seeing a lot as Biden is kind of winning these primaries, picking up more delegates than Bernie, is that there are some Bernie supporters actually lashing out against black voters. So it's, it's a heck of a thing. So what we have here is that Biden has the overwhelming majority of support from black voters. Uh, we have this from ABC. Uh, apparently, black Democratic primary voters in Mississippi supported Biden by a vast margin over Sanders, 84 to 13%, Biden's biggest win yet among blacks this primary season. Uh, then we have the infographic, 84 to 13%. That is huge. That's, uh, yeah. That is huge. Um, wow. So... Bernie supporters, a lot of them are a little bit salty about this because they feel that if more black voters were supporting Bernie, he would actually have a shot. Um, So they're actually going so far as to, I think, like talk down to black voters and frankly be be a little bit racist. We have some examples of that here. To black people who voted for Biden, are you all out of your rabbit minds is how I will try to censor that. He's devoted the past 40 years destroying your rights, your social network, your power to vote. Joe Biden is not now nor has he ever been your friend. Stop voting against your own best interests. I'm not a Biden fan. No. I'm not quite sure what specifically he is referring to here. Uh, I mean, listen, they have their own worldview that's very specific. It's very racist. Of course. Very, yeah. I hate the whole like voting against your best interest. Who are you to tell these people what their best interests are? It's like they have, we've seen the stats where they have the lowest in-group preference of any group. They they dislike their own. White liberals? uh, White liberals, which are the majority of Bernie Sanders supporters. Mm -hmm. They dislike white people. Yeah. Uh, more than any other group, right? Mm-hmm. But they also, I think, when when they they see patterns in other groups, because of the racial way that they view the world, they're collecting. They hand out the racism. Yeah. yeah, they just they're like, well, in this case, the black people I don't like. Normally, the white people I don't like. But yeah. in this case, and we we see I'm that all the time from these people when it comes to like black conservatives. I mean, Candace Owens, like the amount of vitriol she gets from progressive white liberals is yes. terrible. Yeah. She gets called all sorts of names, and it's like, yeah. Being nice to people who agree with you doesn't make you not a racist if as soon as like a black person or an Asian person person doesn't toe the line, you lash out with like racial slurs. Yeah, it's crazy. You're you're a racist. Uh, we have this other person. The BS part of this is that people in the South seem to just vote however their pastor tells them to. And Uncle Joe's been pressing palms with church leaders for decades. It's not the I- ideal way to go about it. So they're just saying, oh, well, black people are just voting however their church tells them to. Yeah. Which is uh, amazing. Um, This one is quite a thing. Meritorious manumission. This is why black people vote against themselves. It's the reason why athletes make millions but do nothing for the community. It's the reason why Southern black voters do as they're told. There is no reward for disobedience. Older black voters are chic. Like this is, there are tons of these. You go on, um, you go on Reddit especially. This is like thinly veiled, if not overt racism, I think. And what I think Bernie supporters need to understand is that like their college campus or their Reddit forums, because Reddit right now is essentially just like a Bernie Sanders campaign platform. Um, that's not real life. 
So Bernie is popular, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's like one of the last two in the running, but not everyone loves him. Okay, his message is strongest with young, white, college-educated leftists, which is fine. Everyone has their group. Mm -hmm. But I think the shock and lack of understanding these people have toward non-Bernie supporter, non-Bernie supporting uh, other leftists goes to show how out of touch they are. Like seriously, like they're just calling everyone who doesn't agree with them low information. Even sometimes I've seen low IQ voters, which is like you, you support overthrowing the capitalist system. That's, that's cool. But can you maybe see why, you know, a lot of working class people who you claim to be in favor of are maybe not as comfortable with like, I don't know, potentially sacrificing their own jobs because you want to tax the heck out of these companies or things like that. Um, and it's interesting because Bernie's also losing to Biden among union voters. So just like this campaign cycle, he's done a really bad job connecting with, I think, a lot of the Democratic base, right? He's really gone for the like young white elitist votes. And right. we saw, I think, in one of the uh, one of the primaries, the youth voter turnout was like 13%. Yeah, so it's not not the best group to go after. Uh, we have this. I, I'm not a fan of the root. Um, they're kind oh, of like this black, black identitarian. identitarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm this not. Is, although I have like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny to start one for white people and see how people freak out and just call it like Blanche? Yeah, and it just be like a white interest <laughs> magazine. You talk about 401ks, Taylor Swift, uh, Modern Family. I think that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, we get canceled immediately. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You you can't do that. But here we have this uh, this article from The Root, an open letter to white liberals blaming low information black voters for not cleaning up white folks mess. Dear sir or white man. Also, I guess it's specifically to the men. A few days ago, I was informed that some of you may have a problem with black voters who actually went to voting booths and exercised their right to vote for who ever the F they wanted. Apparently, anyone who didn't vote the way outraged left-leaning white liberals wanted must have been an uninformed heathen, a moderate or even worse, a centrist. See, I, I, I doubt I agree with this man on anything, but I'm like, I'm liking this article so far. And now your fragile, brittle hearts are broken into a thousand little pieces because black people have rejected the Buddha of Birkenstock wearers during his quest for the presidency. And by not choosing Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden supporters are somehow ruining America. Undeterred by actual data, Sanders' surrogate's new tactic seems to be an attempt to paint blacks as low-information voters who somehow don't know Biden's record. Apparently, the people who vote for Sanders are genius-level political strategists, but the ones who cast a ballot against him just aren't smart enough to wade through the public publicly available information. Ooh, scathing, scathing. I know from your position atop the privileged pyramid, the lowly black voters who voted for Biden must have done so because of pragmatism or fear of revolution or electability's sake. Everyone knows how black voters incessantly clamor for the past. Or maybe black people are just not as smart and brave enough for this fearless movement. And it's not just white Sanders supporters who are doing this. There are a lot of super progressive black youth who dismissively cast anyone who hasn't seen the light of socialist democratic Jesus as an uninformed backwater hillbilly who needs education. And we actually have some more very dismissive tweets from black people. Uh, This person says they fooled a lot of old black people in the South who just vote because they're told to. Nobody can name one thing Joe will do for black people. At least Bernie wants to give us free college and health care. Dang, how could people vote against themselves? Okay, just like this is this is a low information voter. Like yeah. He wants to give us free college and health care. Like, no, he's not giving you free college and health care. He wants taxpayer funded college and health care. Not the same. It's crazy that, that to me that that, could, that talking point yeah. is actually on the highest level uh, of progressive stuff. Like mm-hmm. we want free college. It's like there's uh, do you want unicorns too? Yeah, and you know, like, like come that, on. But that's also an example of how you're not appealing to working class voters. These are people who didn't go to college. Yeah, who probably never imagined that they were going to go to college. And I think part of them at least knows that they are the ones who are going to have to fit foot the bill for some privileged upper middle class white kid who wanted to s- go study gender studies at Yale. It is like you're asking like working class people ultimately to foot the bill for that. That's not going to make you popular. With these people, um, yeah, college is still an elitist thing. I mean, it, it's getting more and more common, but the idea that it's just like everybody wants college, no. I think that goes to show you how much in your bubble you are. And finally, this other post, I've been on the verge of tears about to punch a wall wanting to quit all that S. I get it. I've blamed myself, us, our people. All in my head, though, but none of that helps. Organizing saved me from depression many times. It can do the same for you. So, yeah, this black person is blaming his people for Bernie's defeat. Um, And you know what? I think that we have to credit Joe Biden with his leg hair story. 
Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that must have been relatable. More Appar- relatable than I apparently. thought it was, you know. Or asking people to just randomly fight over AR-14s, I think, yes. was the latest clip. Goodness. I, uh, I am wondering, I'm looking forward to my fantasy world of, like, will we get finally the, the street fight of Biden <laughs> versus Trump? <laughs> You know, finally. So. Yeah, it'd just be like Trump calling him names Biden, not knowing where he is. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to those debates. But we've we've defended Bernie Sanders on this show from like some of the smears he's gotten from the establishment, like you're calling him sexist and stuff like that. And I think it's clear that they're ha- like the DNC has been actively trying to yes. subvert him and the media as well. For he's sure. not getting the same fair coverage that someone like Joe Biden is getting, where they kind of never talk about all his gaffes. But I mean, make no mistakes, that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm a Bernie Sanders fan, right? And I think a lot of people, black people included, are gonna look at Sanders right now and think, gee, I don't know if I trust you with a total revamp of the economy and change that, frankly, sound ridiculous. Uh, you know, Biden, he was part of Obama's administration, which I mean, not only was very popular among African Americans, but also like it's it's unknown, right? It's safe. The world didn't end under Obama. Who knows what would happen under a Biden presidency? Um, so I think it's it nominee is going to be Biden, but for now, Bernie Sanders is hanging on. At the very least, we'll get a a one on one debate. I think between Biden mm. and Sanders could. Could Obama be Biden's VP and then serve out the rest of his term? I don't think so, right? Because there is that term, yeah, limit. And I think like the assumption, if you're vice president, is that you should be eligible to be president. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. Um, Okay, so finally, open marriages. Liam's favorite subject. I think that sometimes she picks these topics just because she's like, great, I get to just, I get to have an animated Liam for like 10 minutes. Yeah, because he gets mad. Um, Okay, there is a concerted effort right now to undermine the nuclear family. This is not new. We've done, I don't even know how many segments about this. It feels like there's always something Uh, Yeah, trust me. It feels like every week I'm like, oh gosh, this again. And I have to read some article where it's like, I can't, I, I can't even fathom the logic. These words and these sentences together. They shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> they just shouldn't be. This should, these things should have never come together. People are saying, yeah, don't have kids. Don't get married. Do get divorced. We we hear that advice all the time from the mainstream mm. media and pop culture. Um, but one of the more shocking things we've seen people advocating for is open marriages and or polyamory. Um, and we have an article about that here from the New York Post. Why this sex therapist says you should be in an open marriage. First off, don't take advice from a sex therapist about your marriage, I would save that for like a regular psychologist, if if that. Susan Wenzel had just stuffed a pile of dirty laundry into the washer when she discovered it wouldn't start. Wenzel knew her husband, Denise, couldn't fix it, but she had someone else in mind, her lover, Richard. That's got to be Dennis. I don't know. That's got to be Dennis. I thought it was like French. I don't know. I don't Dennis. Know. I think it's, it's Dennis. Okay, well, you know what? If you're someone who spells your name weird, you don't have the right to complain when people get it wrong, right? It's like I've seen Megan spelled any number of ways and it's... Fair enough, fair enough. No. I'm pretty sure it's got to be Dennis, though. Anyways. I told him what happened and he gladly offered to come over and help Wenzel told the post. You see, Dennis is not a handyman at all, she explains, but Richard... Yeah, he's a dumb, useless... He's like the, All the implications of this are just yeah. a dumb, useless grug. Literal you know? cuck. Uh, but yes. Richard, a handsome bar manager and single dad, is very handy oh. indeed. After he fixed it, we all sat on the patio and drank cold beers and ate chicken salad together, Wenzel Forty recalls. I loved the feeling of knowing that they both cared about me and I cared about them as well. But Wenzel is no scheming adulteress. And I mean, I have other words for her. She's in a consensual, non-monogamous open marriage with her husband. The unusual agreement allows them both to have sex and relationships with other people. So they're not just having sex with other people, they're also having relationships with other people. Yeah. I am happier now than I ever have been, says Wenzel, a Canadian sex and, of course, it's Canadian, (laughs) and relationship therapist and author of A Happy Life in an Open Relationship, The Essential Guide to a Healthy and Fulfilling Non-Monogamous Love Life. We just did a, a, a... segment about a feminist who had a book advocating to abolish the family like who how are these people all getting books like do i just just come up with a crazy idea and there's some like lefty publisher saying like all right i'll give you six figures for that like how is this possible is there no screening process throughout the how-to guide the sexually liberated mother of two uses her personal experiences interactions with clients and therapeutic exercises to help those who are curious about trying out the relationship style. In fact, Wenzel believes millions of people would improve and strengthen their marriages and relationships if they weren't so obsessed with being with only one partner. I don't think 
My goodness. You could say that, you know, they would spice up their sex lives maybe, but I don't think you can say strengthening your marriage is possible by opening and disrespecting oh, it, your it, marriage. It's insane. Like this whole this whole thing, it, it, almost, it honestly, it just tires me out at this point. It's like you, you don't live on this planet, obviously. Your values are... Are they even values at no, this point? No, yeah, it's just it's hedonism, pure unadulterated yeah, hedonism. It's hedonism. I don't understand that. The biggest thing that confounds me in this whole situation is I don't understand that man's brain. Dennis, he just wants to be able to. Dennis, I just I I don't know. I have a mental image of how this guy looks now. He and... does look like Worm Jerry. Okay, he does that there guy you actually? Go. Perfect. I yeah. mean, I just I don't understand the mechanisms that make that person's body run. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. The article continues, for many of us, one partner cannot meet all our needs. Okay, I, I hear that all the time from people, but it's like, if you have this sex drive and this other person has a sex drive, like, I'm, it should be this, like, you know what I mean? There should be some amount of compatibility, I would assume. And this expectation that one person can is at least partly the reason why the Western world has such a high divorce rate. Okay, no, that's so. just BS. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's such BS. Sorry, other countries don't have the high divorce rate. Uh, historically, the Western divorce rate has not been this high. I would say that attitudes like this woman's is why the Western Absolutely. divorce rate is yeah, so high. Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. You could probably look at the decline in religion and the increase in progressive politics. Yeah, promise and find you a very strong correlation between the two of these. Narcissism, things. I would say as well. Yeah. Uh, another difference, she likes to have an emotional connection with her partners while her husbands are more purely sexual. Since they opened their marriage, Wenzel has had seven partners and prefers to see them for about eight months each, while Dennis has had some 10 companions, seeing some only a few times and others for a few years. Okay. I often hear things now about how, like, monogamy is a social construct. But if that's true, it is it is one of those social constructs, like, hey, maybe gender, that seems to, like, span the globe and history, right? And it, it's just everywhere. And people might say, oh, but polygamy, polygamy is still not what these people are doing. It's still not an open marriage where you can go have sex with whomever and a relationship with whomever. That's not how polygamy works either. It's, like, very set, like, all right, this man has this many wives and it's not like he's just the women can just do whatever that's still different um and i know people might say but why can't they do whatever they want how is this hurting you well this is bad for society okay for sure specifically because it is demonstrably bad for children okay this person says she's a mother to two people introducing non-biologically related males or people into your household does put your children at higher risk for abuse any anything that could be seen as having a destabilizing effect on your children's family lives. That's bad for your kids. And this person, she is putting her own personal satisfaction above, I would say, raising kids in a healthy, functioning household. Absolutely. We have some stats from here. NBC News reports, children living in households with unrelated adults are nearly 50 times as likely to die of inflicted injuries as children living with two biological parents, according to a study of Missouri data published in the Journal of American Academy of Pediatrics. Children living in step families or with single parents are at higher risk of physical or sexual assault than children living with two biological or adoptive parents, according to several studies co-authored by David Finkelhor. Um, girls whose parents divorce face significantly higher risk of sexual assault, whether they live with their mother or father, according to research by Robin Wilson, a family law professor at Washington and Lee University. There are so many other studies that all say the same thing, that yeah, the best sure. way to raise children is within a nuclear family that is actually bound together by marriage. No cohabitation is not the same. There are studies that also compare those differences. Cohabitate, cohabiting relationships do not have the same rate of happiness, um, lack of fidelity, like there is a difference between all of this. And even in, in things like your own personal mental health, promiscuity pays a toll. Again, look into the studies. There are evolutionary reasons why open marriages historically are not a thing, right? It's not an accident that marriage or the concept of marriage has been so common. Yeah, we and figured ubiquitous. this out thousands of years ago. No. Thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. And like, think about it. It doesn't make sense on either gender's side to be in an open relationship. Like, as a woman... I'm, why would you be interested in a man who's going to be sleeping around with other people and potentially having other children that might like take away from his devotion to your children? Like, why is that good for you? And as a man, why would you risk being with a woman who might get pregnant with someone else's kid? And then your resources have to go to protecting someone else's kid who's not yours. Like, it doesn't make sense on either side, which is why marriage is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. Yeah, this you know? this shouldn't need to be explained. And like for women especially, like men as well, but like women, like 
the hormones our bodies release specifically the way our brains work like sex is meant for bonding for women and it's you're doing untold damage to yourself by having casual sex or even like the idea that you can have seven on again off again relationships and think that it doesn't affect your mental health that's not a thing they've done studies for things like even women that have had premarital sex yeah and they compare People that have never had premarital sex, one partner, two partners, and you just mm-hmm. see there's a very strong correlation with for the likelihood of divorce rates. Yeah, so I can only imagine what what the numbers are for people who keep having sex with more partners after they get well, married. I'm married. Man. I'm guessing it's not good for the it's marriage. The live, laugh, love, wine mom culture too. Yeah. Added again, I think it's yeah, it's terrible. And um, terrible. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that how many of these. I guess stories are from the women's perspective. We did a whole episode a while ago about like a women who cheat segment or who who want yes, like yeah. cheat passes, the, the wives. Uh, we have another example here from The Telegraph. I asked my husband for an open relationship and he agreed. And again, this is like coming from a woman. I was living as a wife and mother in the leafy suburbs of North London with my husband. We'd had three girls, including twins, in the space of two years. And although I love them all, I had started questioning the status quo. When I looked in the mirror, I saw someone who was defined by her roles as a wife and mother. I was restless and frustrated and felt like I'd completely lost myself. I drew up a bucket list of things I've always wanted to do. Pose for a nude photo, do a bungee jump, learn to pole dance, go to Nepal. Many of the items were about reconnecting with my body, feeling that fire inside, which was one of the main things I'd felt I'd lost. I bet she scores very highly in neuroticism and psychological tests. Yeah. Stay away from that, by the way. Unless you are also very highly neurotic, which men are less neurotic Mm -hmm. uh, on, on average. Don't. Don't deal with that, I think. That, that's, a, that's a danger zone. Yeah, man. this is like red flags. Yeah. Women are programmed to accept our bodies belong to other people. F- no. <laughs> From regular gynecological checkups. Okay, that's not like what? <laughs> that doesn't mean you belong to your doctor. Uh, to being poked and prodded during pregnancy, and I wanted to reclaim mine. Okay, this is like such toxic advice for many reasons. My sexuality had been reawakened, and the balance between my sex drive and Mike's, who I adore, had changed. Women often feel ashamed to admit they want more sex than their partners because people automatically assume they're just not trying hard enough. But I wasn't unhappy with what I already had. I just wanted more. Okay, their their marriage is probably in trouble. Like, for most couples, if the sex life is not as good as it used to be, it's, like, they've done studies on this. It's probably because you're unhappy in other ways, Right. Until then, I'd never really thought about monogamy. I just bought into it because that's the society we live in. But I realized it wasn't something I truly believed in. Okay, and then eventually she talks about how they tried an open marriage. Um, so I hate women Actually, like worse. This. Even worse. Sorry. Even worse. Because Mike, one, first said, yeah, we can have a marriage. But also, two, Mike didn't. Mike's not having an open marriage. Only she is. He's fine with just her. Is that is that the case? Wait. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's the case. It's yeah, like, here we go. An open marriage isn't something that Mike's chosen to embrace himself. Yeah, so he's just literally a cuck. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, dude, like, like man, like it's like it's like something's in the water. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, this it's like, like this I always, is low testosterone. Was right. Like yeah. that, that's a low testosterone male. I don't understand that mentality in the slightest. Yeah, uh, it's like when you allowed an open marriage, it's like already. I'm like, listen, I don't know if how much I regard, how much I think of you as a human being. And then it's like, only for you, it's like, wow. Like, it's, uh, I, yeah. I can't deal with it. Uh, but I, I hate women like this. I, I really do. These are like the wine mom types who yeah. are going, she's going through a midlife crisis and she's probably freaking out because she's getting older and she's vain, but she's worried that she doesn't look as good as she used to, which is why she's trying to do all these hyper-sexualized things in her bucket list. So she wants to feel wanted again. She wants that validation. And she thinks the best way to get it is from new sexual partners. Like that is exactly what's happening here. And it's pathetic the, the, this grown woman should be ashamed that she's acting like this and not only that but she's like writing this op-ed as like a this is this freeing and empowering thing that i'm doing like no it's not this is you indulging your narcissism and like a lack of long-term thinking this is not something to be heralded as a as a good thing and it's it's really sad that our society seems to be propping propping this up this we're is, a shameless society to be no, honest we are we, we we've no shame fully embraced hedonism and like i said like this is demonstrably bad like for children specifically yeah. which are like the foundations of society and i i think it's i think it's i, I think it's completely destructive for society as a whole i mm-hmm. mean listen I, I don't know how many parallels we could draw with history but we know that by the time the roman empire was ending it was also very hedonistic in nature yeah no in terms i think of their values i think that it's ultimately because it 
in the hedonistic philosophy is you put your 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 bodily pleasures and you know i guess some ancient hedonists thought it was a little bit more than that but typically when we talk about hedonism it's about putting pleasure before everything and pleasure usually means it's for the individual mm -hmm. and that's so. that's the kind of like the whole like pleasure before everything i kind of expect that more from young people yeah. right because young people aren't as good as you know long-term thinking and things like that and so you you know when you see a 20 year old talking about this you not that you appreciate or condone it but it's like all right you're young you're gonna learn these people these women they're like they're middle-aged you shouldn't you should know better by now at this point disappointing I, you know i think that i think that Propaganda is effective on every age group, every demographic, actually. Yeah. I've just realized that it's like all of our opinions are so susceptible to the information we're fed all the time. I think these women are victim of a very toxic um, ideology that's been brewing. Came I, mean, from I think academia, it's like the, the self-love um, yeah, I mean, they call movement. like I hate it. It's, it's yeah, they'll use all these terms like self love and all these things. It's all it's all horse crap, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's these these are just very very self centered ideologies that I think are destructive, and these women are vulnerable to it because yes, you know what? When you're in a marriage, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be perfect all the time, right? And historically, when there's something that's broken, you would fix it, right? You don't just throw it away. You don't look for these other alternatives and. I think that uh, these ideologies have thrown that out entirely. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's too bad. And I I mean, I, I'm hoping that they're seeing, we're seeing that Gen Z is the most conservative. Um, like it's polarized, but they're a lot more conservative than millennials. And I think part of it is they were raised in broken homes, right? These, these people's children, there's a good chance they're going to look at eventually their parents and realize, wow, they were pieces of trash. They put their own happiness before our stability. I'm not going to do that and I want to do better. Like that's my only, that's the silver lining I can see right now is that, you know, unfortunately these children, they're not growing up in ideal circumstances, but maybe that'll mean going forward uh, that they know to stay away from these behaviors. Yeah. On that perhaps optimistic note, uh, I think we're going to leave things. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And yeah. uh, if you're watching live, be sure to stay on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds with some Q&A going over your super chats. But aside from that, we will see you guys next week.